Girls in Work presents Sexism in the City. Behind every statistic is a story, and we're sharing yours, the good, the bad, and the funny, to help drive change for women in the workplace. This is Girls in Work. Find us at girlsinwork.com. Hi everyone, and welcome to our very special Girls in Work mini-series, Sexism in the City. We've been collating all of your stories and experiences around the sexism and challenges women still face in the workplace every day. Behind every statistic is a story, and this was the basis of our whole initiative, and it was so important to us that we speak to a hugely diverse group of women from different industries, backgrounds, and countries to collect as many stories behind those statistics as possible, and we are so pleased and so proud to say that we we've achieved this so we've had over 300 of you globally share your thoughts and experiences and we've also spoken to the experts and organizations who work to fight these injustices every day and overall make the world and workplace a safer and more equal place for everyone we'll be covering a number of topics in this series including the gender pay and promotions gap sexual harassment in the workplace the impact of COVID-19 on women, the subject of banter and those inappropriate comments and work environments that are fit for men. And a lot of these stories and experiences we'll be sharing are difficult to hear, but the purpose of this podcast is to empower women to continue to share their stories and speak up, but also create that self-awareness with all of us to call out these issues and work together to lead for change. We'll mention this a couple of times throughout the series, but we have genuinely been blown away and overwhelmed and humbled by both the openness and willingness of women to share their stories that at times can't have been easy to share. But also we were blown away by the sheer volume of submissions that we received and we were chatting earlier and Em actually just said it, that it was amazing that we'd had so many submissions. Mm-hmm. But you know what? How much more amazing would it have been if we had none? Not because people exactly. didn't want to share them, but because there were none to share. And I think obviously in an ideal world, that's what we're working towards. That leading for change, that's what we want. We don't want anybody, we don't want any woman or anybody to have a story to share. Yeah, exactly that, Soph. And I think I just want to highlight that obviously Soph and I speak pretty much every day. Every day. She can't get rid of <laughs> Bear, bear in mind, I've not actually seen Soph in real life for well over a year. <laughs> but anyway, bringing it back, um, my point here is that obviously Soph and I speak a lot, but by putting together this podcast and collating all of these different stories, we've ju- we've just found out of, of different experiences that each of us have shared. We didn't even realise that we'd gone through them. And I guess without giving too much away from the podcast, a lot of the issues are that we just box these experiences up and we, we just deal with them because it has been the norm for so long so like so said it's been overwhelming hearing all of these stories and I think we're just grateful that our listeners have been open with us and they have been honest with us and they felt comfortable sharing their stories through our platform so we do hope you enjoy episode one of the sexism in the city series and if you enjoy this and you would be kind enough to leave us a rating and a review that would be amazing because it would just help us raise awareness and share this message even further so before we go into this week's topic let's introduce Alicia who is an employment law solicitor and will be with us for the full series providing us with a legal perspective where relevant. Hello I'm Alicia Collinson I'm an employment solicitor at Thrive Law. At Thrive we deal with all kinds of claims of discrimination, unfair dismissal, constructive unfair dismissal. We help with employees with their grievances all the way up to employment appeals tribunals. It really is an honour to be involved in this podcast and I really hope that I can kind of help and give some guidance as to the actual legal ramifications of the sexism that we're going to be discussing and if you ever have any legal questions or anything that comes up from, from this discussion you can always get in touch with me directly and I'm happy to happy to help 
To briefly outline the legal position, discrimination on the basis of sex, pregnancy or maternity is unlawful under the Equality Act 2010. Harassment on the basis of sex and sexual harassment is also unlawful. Harassment is unwanted behaviour which is offensive or which makes a person feel intimidated or humiliated. If you believe you have been subject of discrimination or harassment, you should seek legal advice. If the action happened in the last three months, you may be able to pursue a claim at the Employment Tribunal. Please do get in touch with me at Thrive Law if you'd like any further assistance. It is also worth adding that any legal discussions in this podcast are for reference purpose only and it's only accurate at the date in which it's discussed. Anything said does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. Specific legal advice about your specific circumstances should always be sought separately before taking or deciding not to take any action. Please contact me at Thrive if you have any questions. Perfect. So this week's topic is all about banter and those inappropriate comments. So the question that we put out to you all is, have you ever been the subject of or heard an inappropriate joke or comment being made in the name of banter? So this is covering those comments that are either disguised as banter, but also the comments that people say and don't realise they're wrong at the time. Some comments are just outright disrespectful and inappropriate, but then the other side of the scale are the comments that are being made by people who don't really think twice about them because it's been the norm for so long. They don't realise that the comments are not acceptable. But to start with, shall we jump straight to the Instagram poll, so let's do it. So we did put out some questions and some polls to our Instagram followers, and I'm going to be honest, and this probably won't be the first time I say this, but I was honestly blown away by the response. We had hundreds and hundreds of you respond, and it was just amazing, and started some really good conversations. So there were, there were many different poll questions, and so we'll run through the relevant ones in each episode. So for today's topics, we asked you, have you ever felt you've been treated or spoken to differently because of your gender? And 82% of you said that you had and then have you ever heard or been the subject of an inappropriate joke in the name of banter and 77% of you said you had experienced that as well and yeah to me those numbers are just pretty staggering almost not surprising though no I know I was just gonna say that it's it is one of those things where you think you know it happens and you know a lot of people experience it because of conversations you have with friends or colleagues or twitter (laughs) but actually to see those those numbers actually come in on on a poll that you do it's like oh wow okay yeah this really is a thing yeah I was gonna say I thought it was surprising and then I was thinking actually every woman I know has probably heard something inappropriate and like if I think about what I do on a day-to-day basis yeah definitely heard some really inappropriate things (laughs) in my work so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's one of those things where you're like they're really high and they're quite shocking but then you think about it more and you're like is it actually that shocking or is it just kind of a bit startling to have it written down and it gets to the point, doesn't it? And we'll get onto this a little bit more in a, in a minute. But you just, if that happens to you and if you hear something or something gets directed at you, I don't know about anybody mm-hmm. else, but I'm at the point where I just I just shrug most of it off and just brush it off and just think, do you know what? It's not worth my energy mm-hmm. to call it out. But seeing those numbers from women from every possible different occupation and industry and location, it's it really puts it into perspective how often this does happen. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's it's so interesting when you think about kind of, as you say, how much do we not even, I suppose it was in the intro, wasn't it? How much do we not even think about as being inappropriate anymore? Because we just kind of, as you say, it's a bit of like a water, water off a duck's back. Being like, oh yeah, they're making another comic because I'm a woman. It's half yeah. the course. Like, 
Yeah, because I have to say when we first came up with these questions and I was like, how would I answer this about the inappropriate jokes and, and banter and stuff? And I was like, God, like, I actually don't know because there's been so many. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> and then you start thinking about, oh, well, that comment, that was actually yeah. probably inappropriate as well. Or that joke, mm, yeah, no, that shouldn't have happened either. And it's like, it, you just end up opening Laura's box. It, it gets to the point where you just, your only reaction is to just laugh though because you're like, oh, this God, is so yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's my way of dealing with it now. Yeah, exactly. And I know, like, I've just said it and we've had a couple of submissions say and people say it's funny because... And it's like, because obviously it's not funny. Yeah. But like you said, um, you get to the point and you just like, you just have to laugh at how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed as well at some of the submissions, some of the email submissions, a lot of a lot of women at the park will be like, oh, I'm really sorry, this is such a long email. And it's like, we shouldn't be apologising for the fact that we've got so many experiences. Yeah. <laughs> the email you're writing is so yeah. long. it's wild okay so so as so said so many of you got in touch with us and shared your stories and experiences about banter and yeah we were overwhelmed with how open honest people were with with sharing their different stories and and what we've done is we've we've grouped these into sort of mini topics within the wider topic so we'll be covering everything from age promotions those really just downright inappropriate comments made in the office not being taken seriously in your job role and to end on the fact that sometimes women are the worst culprits so to kick things off, I'm just going to talk through a, a submission we had. So it's funny when I think about sexism at work and the instances that I've experienced, because I think I've almost put them in a box. And when you do that, you feel like they're not as bad as they actually are, because at the time you're made to think and feel that you're being stupid or irrational. And I think it, it's that as well, isn't it? And if something is said and you do call it out or you say, oh, like, I don't think you should have said that. It's that typical response, isn't it? Oh, it was just a joke. Like, oh, just lighten up. And I think that's where this is. Is obviously what yeah. needs to change and what we're trying to highlight with this is that no it's not just a joke and one of our contributors we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later on but it's never just a joke is yeah. it is it gaslighting gaslight yes i was i was just trying to think of that word and and yeah. i think that happens a lot but yeah you don't expect that kind of that form of gaslighting to be in a professional environment but it happens all the time and i think it's so funny because I mean a lot of it does come from men and a lot of what we're going to talk about in the comments that we've got do come from men and, and then they tend to be dismissed as like oh you know they just banter between mates or whatever it may be I like the way I made my voice lower then as if somehow it turned into a voice <laughs> um, but they, I think um, it does also like people generally can be quite dismissive mm-hmm. like I don't know about you yeah. but like tends yeah. to be like if I say to my mum like oh this happened well, I'll be like well we put up with it when we were your age exactly and all that kind of thing and I know we're going to talk about it in terms of like things actually sometimes women perpetuating it too mm-hmm. but I think everyone can be quite dismissive of everyone else's experiences mm-hmm. quite often because we're quite always quite compared to our own experiences and what we've been through and so we can be quite dismissive of each other and I think that's always my big takeaway is always yeah. actually doesn't really matter how whether it wouldn't impact you it's about how it impacted that person at the time um, and if it did then you have to give them kind of due respect and make sure they're okay yeah so um, one of the topics that came up and was submitted quite a couple of times actually was this whole conversation around age and people saying that they've often been asked their age if they have kids and then being told oh don't worry you've got plenty of time and we are going to talk a lot about this in episode three I think um, of around this idea of obviously women and their careers and having children and this idea of if women can have it all and all, all that kind of stuff but I think it's a really important one because this conversation around age comes up a lot and 
comments being made and I think we've spoken about this actually on a previous episode with another guest about how I was once asked if I was there on work experience and I was like 23 years old five years into my career like absolutely not no I'm here (laughs) I'm here to do a job I'm like but there's the constantly comments around like women's appearances and I think this age comes into it and actually a couple of years ago I was on a call with a client and they said something to me like oh it's fine you don't need to worry about this or you wouldn't know about this because you're only 18 and I was like 25 26 at the time like (laughs) and I just find it really undermining it's like no I am here I am in this role because I am capable of doing this role why should age matter anyway but I feel like there's a lot of comments about women's appearances and age comes under that and I don't know if anybody else has had this experience but yeah I mean obviously we've had a couple of submissions so I think it, it is I've always had those comments of oh you look young like be grateful this kind of stuff and it's like well sometimes I don't enjoy people commenting on how I look in terms of my age no it's really interesting actually because comments on your age Mm. are actually still harassment so we talk a lot about sex harassment and sexual harassment but any if a comment is made about your age and it violates your dignity or has the impact of making you feel humiliated it it is technically harassment on the basis of age so (laughs) those kinds of comments and comments to do with you know you have plenty of time to have children anything that is like an unwanted comment based on the fact of how you are how old you are perceived to be is technically unlawful i didn't know this this is why you're here alicia (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i think and i think that's going to be a theme and i think it came up a lot it comes up a lot in an episode later when we talk about sexual harassment but for example a lot of what we're going to talk about when we talk about banter but also now we're talking about this age is actually it is unlawful to make these comments so there is kind of a legal structure in place to try and reduce this happening in the workplace not to say that it necessarily is kind of working but technically these these things are 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 unlawful and comments being made about about your age and you know you don't need to know this because you're too young and things Mm -hmm. like that technically harassment on the basis of age that's really good to know that's really interesting because i think yeah it loops back to what we were saying before about being made to feel like stupid or irrational because i've always thought oh like like, because that's always the thing if i ever i bring it up people like oh no like you should feel lucky that you look young and i'm like no i don't like it like and i think i'm always made to feel like oh i'm complaining about nothing but actually to know that that is a thing actually has just validated yeah. the way I feel so yeah, exactly. thank you for that Alicia you're so welcome <laughs> okay so another topic that came up quite a lot was around promotions so thinking about the kind of differences in how men are spoken to in the office compared to the women and that how that later affects opportunities at work so a lot of the comments were sort of around how women have to work a little bit harder to get promotions and then some of the comments were around how women have turned down promotions because of the lack of women in the company. So we're really grateful that some of our contributors recorded their thoughts on this as well. So we've got a little snippet from Nina, who is a senior director in the tech industry, on her thoughts of this subject. What I've done in my life, I've said no to interview appointments or or interviews. I've said no to job offers. If there was not one single woman included in the interview process, starting from HR to the senior director to the senior partner, all guys only. And I had the audacity of asking, so do I need some women along the way? And then I just said, you know, how about general diversity? It's all white, almost blonde men, all the same scheme. So how do I fit into it? I'm exactly the opposite. What is going to happen? So I'm going to get you your coffee. 
they are not enough role models because then if, if we had enough women on the top, then younger women could actually make a selection. They could choose who, are, who do I want to look up to? And then we would be equal to the guys as well. And then in countries, you don't even expect it. Like I never, ever, as a German, I can say that, I never expected Germany to be like that, that women still get 20% less salary, that women in the workforce are treated differently, that it's made much more difficult for them to climb the ladder. And if you bring up the topics, then the majority of the people are going to bring forward the chancellor, that we have a female chancellor, you know, but it has nothing to do with the other one. Another submission we had on this topic was from a woman in Melbourne who works in the property industry and she was talking about how she's the only girl in her team and her manager is an old school bloke bloke. She's the only girl and she loves her job and she gets along with all of the guys and her manager but when it comes to work her manager is and she says there's no way to put it lightly a chauvinistic man there is a clear difference in how he speaks to her as opposed to the men when there's something she's done wrong in a document for example the tone with her is very condescending it always makes her feel really small with the men it's very much oh mate you did this and it's very light-hearted and then she went on to talk about another sexism issue she faced is the directors will often pass on the big sales to the men in the office and not her but in this last bit which i absolutely loved she said if she wanted to create her own path she has to work extra hard to get there and get the recognition but in a way she'll thank them one day because she's learning the skills and the resilience that these men won't also there was another an anonymous journalist was telling us she said there's definitely an inequity in what's assigned to females and males in journalism so she said men are always given the opportunity to cover crime and politics whilst women are always the go-to for showbiz and i read this submission and then i kind of thought about you know like news readers and stuff like the criticism on what women wear or like you very rarely get those comments about like the men who cover those really important topics there is such a inequity in the presentation of the news Mm -hmm. like you think that men have more authority when they tell you these things yeah and also like I feel like there's often quite a lot of comments about women newsreaders about like oh like what's under the desk and all that kind of stuff and again you never get that comment about men yeah and I thought um the comment I mean obviously the woman from Melbourne who made the comments about the property industry I think her summary is really good in terms of, you know, she'll still have to learn those extra. Mm -hmm. She'll probably be more resilient and have better skills. But it was so frustrating when you think about actually how she's being treated so differently on a day-to-day basis. And you do see that, actually, when men are like, like, oh, mate, you made a mistake, but it's easy to fix. Whereas the women, it's like, okay, so this is how this works. And you're just like... Yeah, mansplaining it. (laughs) I think there's also an element of that and again I'm going to use these bunny air quotes that nobody can see but like this whole like bro culture of very much like patting each other on the back saying oh mate like just just a heads up and it's like it is very that bro culture (laughs) that we see often portrayed on tv and films and stuff and that does sometimes translate into workplaces and like you say and then because women aren't seen to Mm -hmm. be a part of that and I've spoken about this before about jobs I've had where I have felt like I I have changed the way I am to fit in with that bro culture I mean we're going to talk about it a little bit Mm -hmm. when we talk about like the networking and inequality in like actual workplaces in terms of you know things being fit and led more towards men in the first Mm. place but I think it's like they all go out and kind of will go to rugby matches together and drink more together potentially which kind of tends to naturally exclude women and then it Mm. means that ultimately they are probably more matey in the workplace which then means like you're gonna cut your friends some slack because they're they're your friends and if you kind of miss that opportunity it's frustrating isn't it because you see you can see what's happening quite often I mean I once where I worked there was once kind of you when 
you finish, you qualify into like a certain seat, but the partner kind of almost has to choose you for that seat. And it was so obvious that one of the partners was going to choose one of the trainees who he like always took out mm. to like drinking events and things because he knew him better. And it's like, I get that because you want to work with someone you know better, but it's not my fault I don't like cricket. Also, you never asked me if yeah. I like cricket. Yeah. <laughs> like. It's always the same though, they're always networking things. Like they're always like, they're always like, oh, you know, it's just something fun we do on the side. Like it's just like a lads thing that we do. But you kind of think actually, if you're building those relationships and I'm missing the opportunity to build them, yeah. then that that is actually ultimately yeah. causing me a detriment. Like stop it, just stop it. <laughs> just going back to that thing, I think we had another submission, which I think might fit quite well in here. And it was from mm. a 29 year old woman in Lancashire who told us as a bit of a background she works in a small office for a construction company um, in a dual sales and marketing role and before joining the company she'd had five years experience professional qualifications and she works in an office with three male colleagues and the office she works in is next door to where the operations team work who are consistently referred to as the girls in admin which makes me want to be sick a little bit they and she says as soon as she joined the company it was very clear that the men in the office weren't overjoyed to have a a female colleague and despite being the only person from a marketing background the rest of the team felt the need to mansplain every little part of her role any idea she put forward was flatly ignored for about 10 minutes when a male colleague would then suggest the same thing and he would be held as a genius for it oh my god that's happened so many times whenever she called them out on this behavior everyone would deny hearing it for the first few months they would all work in silence but as soon as she left the room the conversation would spring up and as soon as she re-entered the room it would go deadly silent again eventually one of the blokes broke the silence by announcing he was talking about past one night stand and asked if she'd mind him finishing the story she said she wasn't bothered by sex talk to which he triumphantly announced see i told you she wouldn't mind which obviously insinuating they'd been talking about that before this said she never found out the reason oh my god this makes me feel sick she never found out the reason her boss was referred to as floppy apparently that was too much for her sensitive ears oh my my god God. since then they've been more talkative but it converged on the uncomfortable as they often talk about grabbing women at the end of the night even if she's a 10 pinter one story started with a disclaimer this sounds a bit rapey but Anytime she called this out, she's been positioned as the outsider and felt isolated as from the rest of the team. When she told them her boyfriend had proposed, they congratulated her, but as the wedding approached, barely a week would go by without them dropping hints about if I would be starting a family after the wedding. The this banter reached the point that the baby yeah. books would be left on my desk in case I needed it, and other members of staff would occasionally congratulate me as they assumed mm. she was pregnant. Oh my gosh, that's so shocking. It's worth pointing out once again, that is harassment. It's just so kind of like ingrained in like what what they are as a company yeah. that they just don't seem to reflect that there's anything wrong with that. I just like imagine getting like pregnancy books like what if you can't have children? How insensitive. Like also I thought the like the rapey like this might mm-hmm. sound a bit rapey. A made me want to vomit. But B, it's, it's just so shocking. that, any, And I think that's something that really, like, we're about to talk about, like, inappropriate comments being made, and majoritively by men, and not to make too many comments on kind of what's wrong with our society, but I just don't understand why people think this is acceptable to say. Like, I don't understand how we've got to the stage where people think it's okay to open a sentence with, this is a bit rapey, like... I know. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even think it, never mind to say it. Like it's so strange to me. And again, this is where, isn't it? Like when you'd call it out, you are ostracized yeah. for it and you are made to feel like you're ruining the mood or whatever. And it's like, no, this mm-hmm. is a serious issue. And it's cultures like that where it's said as a again, air quotes as a joke, because again, yeah. nothing's ever really a joke, but it's it's said like that that breeds this culture of this is where 
it gets into sexual harassment, doesn't it? Because if you're joking about it and you're talking about it in that lighthearted way, then the yeah. seriousness of it just disappears to the point where if, again, going back to this bro culture, if one of them does something, the other one would be like, oh, mate, it's fine. Like, it wasn't so serious. And I think that's that's the danger of it isn't it and it's also the whole kind of if you say that out loud what do you think in your brain like how do you actually act in private I find that really terrifying. The point about how credit was taken for her idea by another man, I think is really interesting. And I think that's one a lot of women will have experienced at some point. And I know I have. Just to um, circle back to one of Nina's points where she talked about, she said no to interviews or job offers because there's no women in in the company. And I think that's a really important point. And I know I've gone to apply for jobs at companies, looked at the senior management or the board of directors and seen they are all like middle-aged white men Mm -hmm. and thought absolutely not because (laughs) there is no way from my perspective that I would ever succeed in that company because nobody has before me then why would I there's no no one to look up to there yeah yeah exactly and then she mentions about how in Mm -hmm. Germany there's still the the gender pay gap which we'll talk about in a later episode in a lot more detail but Nina says about every time you bring it up people always mention like they've got the chancellor well she's a woman and I've had this so many times every time you try and talk about it there's always people saying oh well there's this one exception to the rule and like there's an example that we can see right here so it's not a problem anymore and I think that in itself is very problematic in that yeah okay there might be that one and that's amazing for her what an incredible achievement for her to be that one but one's not enough (laughs) you can't say the problem solved or the problem doesn't exist in your company because you've got one woman on the board or you've got one woman who's in a senior management position or you've got one woman who's loud and self-promotes when nobody else does like that's not solving the problem and I think that is quite often the default response of oh there's this one example over here so it's fine we don't need to worry about it so the next topic is all about those inappropriate comments and not to anyone's surprise this is where we got the majority of feedback and submissions around so we're going to run through all of these submissions to start with and then we'll chat through them at the end okay so first submission this particular person was called a slut box at work and told it was funny and okay because she wasn't a slut we had a submission from a 29 year old civil servant who was kneeling down to help someone with something and someone said whilst you're down there a 23-year-old in Preston, a man commented on the size of her breasts. There was her, three of the colleagues and their supervisor in the break room. And he said it as a passing comment and we all just sat there shocked, thinking, did he really just say that? She spoke to the general manager who said he was sorry that it happened and the supervisor got sacked that night. The incident itself didn't bother her too much, but there's younger girls who are 16-year-olds who work with her and she couldn't risk it happening to them. As an intern at work drinks, two senior male colleagues joked that if they could, they'd f- me a senior female described the team i was in as a nursery filled with emotional women we had another anonymous submission saying that there were always jokes about being hormonal and how it was the time of the month and that was really commonplace at her old job and we had a very similar one again um throwing it back to nina who was senior director in tech who had a similar experience jokes are never made to just for laughing purposes there is always jokes are funny because it takes a serious situation a true statement you wanted to bring across but you don't trust yourself or you, you're worried about saying it out loud so you wrap it up in a joke so this whole cliche of there is always a drop off truth within a joke is absolutely true to your question whether or not i've been object to that subject to that yes when i was living in switzerland one of the gentlemen who was my supervisor actually 
a pastor's office. He said to me, and I might have told you the story. He said to me, oh, you're not smiling today. And it was my third week in the company. You're not smiling today. What's going on? And I said, oh, sorry, um, everything's fine. You were just having a conversation. So I didn't want to interrupt you. And that already bothers me when people expect women to walk around smiling. You know, what, why Why do I have to smile? Give me a reason to smile and then I'll smile. Otherwise, I'm not going to yeah. walk around with the joker face. And the other one said, um, the other guy who was in the room, he said something like, yeah, women who don't smile or look serious, they are on their time of the month. And he said right, straight the word. And I turned around and then the two of them started laughing. And I went back and said to him, what did you just say? And he said, no, no, that was a joke. No, no, don't worry about it. I said, listen, I heard what you said and you know exactly what you said and your colleague heard it as well. So in order to save us a trip to HR, next time I'm passing your office or you're seeing me, do not ever make these kind of jokes again. Well, long story short, he never gave me the good cases. No matter what I said, it was always something against it. Why? Because I had the audacity of criticizing him and not laughing and not saying it's okay. We had another anonymous submission saying that she works in a female-dominated industry and yet it's still an issue. And she said that one male staff member has been officially reported to management on several occasions, but people just say, oh, that's just him. And she talks about how he invades her personal space, makes inappropriate comments and jokes, is overtly touchy-feely and gets away with it, saying it's only banter and then you're too sensitive if you have a negative reaction. And her comment at the bottom is that she it boils her blood and she feels so uncomfortable around him, yet management have failed to do anything. So we had another interview submission. When she got her job in the London office, somebody said to her, oh, are you going to be a cleaner down there? Someone else said to me, oh, are you going to sleep your way to the top? She didn't call it out at the time because she didn't have the knowledge, confidence or the support. And I think, well, she thinks that this support for women is super important. She thinks she'd have more support reporting something to HR in the London office than she did then. And finally, we've got another little snippet from Nina's interview again, where she talks about comments she's had on women's clothes and appearances and then the the final part of this of her interview as well just blows my mind a little bit but we'll let you hear that as well if somebody says about a guy he's always very well dressed then say the same thing about the woman don't make comments about how her body looks in certain clothes you don't go and walk around and talk about the guy. Oh my God, did you see how his shoulders accentuated his shirt? Like nobody says that, you know? But how come if I'm a female, all of a sudden, oh, did you see she walked by me and all of a sudden all the heads go back. And then the, 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 the argument, oh guys, boys will be boys. I can't accept that as an argument. If you want to treat women like that, it's absolutely not okay, not even in a bar scene, unless she wants you to treat her like that. But if I'm not asking for it, don't. It shouldn't make any difference. We both have the same brain. I look at things differently, and what my strengths are is your weakness. It's that simple. Living like that every day, having that continuous fighting. And I think that's what we, we women do on a daily basis. We constantly have to prove ourselves than the partner in that company also saying, yeah, well, she's always very well dressed. She has a great resume. Doesn't she know how to make 
a career here with us, like basically, and then say, I think she's a fantastic woman. She's absolutely fantastic. So that my female colleague turned around and said, I think you're more interested in her than in her abilities as a coworker. And then making comments later on, oh, you want to change your job? Well, I can come and uh, pay you a visit in your apartment. We have dinner and discuss your resume. Or um, others saying, you know, we, we had something in common, a, a school we once visited and a couple of people we knew. This is a third person. And we used to have lunches together during business hours. And so all of a sudden saying, yeah, maybe this time we should move it to dinner my wife is not around, we can have a glass of wine and we can discuss um, further projects together. And I said, well, why don't we do that when your wife comes back? And I would always get back at people. But again, that didn't necessarily make me a lot of friends down the way. But yeah, these are, I would say the one with that partner was the worst. And obviously I'm giving you a very small portion of everything that had happened. Mm. But um, I just hope any young woman knows exactly that they don't have to give in. It's not, a, I don't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. I needed my job. I needed my career. A, you can go to HR. Sure enough, HR will probably try to solve it, eliminate the gentleman. In that case, it's not a gentleman, but guy in that case. So it's a, it's a conflicting situation. A lot of times HR doesn't want to lose a senior off the team, whether or not you have evidence. But at least you don't regret the fact that you've spoken up. And trust me, there's always another job and people will gladly take you. So don't think you're stuck somewhere. Don't think you have to give in to somebody's sick mind just because you, you need the job. You will find another job. Okay, this next submission was from a lovely, gorgeous girl called Bolly who followed each other on Instagram for a while, never really spoken. So it was actually really nice to be able to sit down with her, albeit via Zoom, um, and actually have a really good chat. And this next thing, I think it was really important for us to share. So Bolly said on this topic of inappropriate comments or, or sexism at work, and her response was, I haven't necessarily experienced sexism at work, but racism, definitely. In particular for my name. My full name is Pashaya Meita Kitty Warakun, and it's been made fun of a lot. If people ask me to teach them how to say it, I'm okay with that. But if you're going to laugh at it, I'm like, is my name really a joke to you? I've been told that there's been research to say that if you are from abroad, your work gets put on the back pile because your name is hard to say. But I'm from Thailand and I don't care. If they don't want me just because of my name, then they are missing out because I know that I have something to offer and I know that I'm good at what I do. So I'm going to keep it. I've been told something by a uni colleague and I'm going to keep the company name anonymous, but we were applying for placement jobs and we both applied to the same company. I got through to the interview and didn't get the job, but she did. And then after she left the company, she told me that they would pass CVs around and make fun of them and laugh at people's names and I just thought well I'm sure my name has been laughed about this was a huge company that's meant to be against racism and I'm just like wow that's an absolute joke to me we had another interview submission so this one said I snort when I laugh and two men in their 40s decided to have a bet between themselves and said to me let's see who can make you snort first I don't know whether I'm being cynical and I don't know if it was a sexual innuendo but it made me feel very uncomfortable where where do we even start? I was just about I'm to say. Like, <laughs> I don't know whether it, it would be good here, maybe Alicia, to talk about like what can you actually do about this? Like what do you do in that situation? Do you report it to HR? Like because these are just such outrageous comments and probably comments that I wouldn't even know what what where to turn um, because you're just so in shock and it's 
what what is the best sort of course of action here so i mean it's the same it's the same thing so all of these are probably going to be comments made on the basis of your sex which is a protected characteristic and if it has the the effect of violating your dignity then again it is harassment i mean the standard rule is going to be report it to hr sometimes obviously it's it's one of those things and i mean we're going to talk about it in episode four but often if it's more of kind of you're having a pattern of the same behavior and the same conduct probably actually worth keeping a diary of them um and no putting them all down like times dates who says what which (laughs) can be Mm. you know it it actually is quite an emotional experience for some women that we have asked to do that because you end up having like a diary of all these things that you've effectively put up with and that can be really hard to cope with but I do think that's kind of tends to be the best way is keep a record and then report it to HR and I mean Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the kind of HR process and what they're meant to do when they receive those kinds of complaints and, and how it should be dealt with hashtag me too has actually made a huge difference in terms of how these how these complaints are dealt with and how they have to be dealt with I mean one of the submissions where she talked about you know he was then let go that evening it's it's a really good example of how you would hope everything is dealt with where it's more kind of ingrained in culture it all Mm -hmm. comes down to better training better deal better kind of better processes and kind of having more conversations about what's appropriate but not appropriate but yeah in the first instance if it happens Mm -hmm. to you if it's a one-off comment and you don't think it's going to happen again would still report it if it's forming more of a pattern keep a diary I mean one of the ones that really got me out of these comments and actually wouldn't have thought over and above slot box I thought that was going to be the one that got to me the most but actually Mm -hmm. the comment about being in the nursery where the emotional women are I was fuming Mm because Because that makes it sound like it's something that they yeah. say often. Like, it's not just a one-off comment. That's just how they word it. Oh, that annoyed me so much, that one. So I think just looping back around to, to Bolly's interview that I, I did with her and the idea that this huge company were laughing and making comments about other people's names. I just think that's so horrific. And I think this is where the intersectionality mm-hmm. of this subject comes into, doesn't it? Because actually the, the challenges and the experiences that black women and women of colour have and have to deal with on a daily basis, they have to deal with that on top of what white women have to deal with as well. And, and the idea that they've been told by by universities and and colleagues to to keep names off their CVs or to use different names and I just think something like that really brings it home how I and I always say this like I am a straight white bitch and I know and with that comes a lot of privilege and obviously this podcast is focused on on sexism but I think we do have to acknowledge the fact that black women and women of colour face all of these additional challenges that are horrific and I know that I could confidently walk into any workplace and nobody's gonna make fun of my name but to know that some women face that like just for their name and that's not even scratching the surface of some of the things that they have to deal with. I've been reading a book called Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall and in that book it states that black women are not hired because of the names or they're fired because of their hairstyles and it's all of these extra challenges that black women and women of colour have to face every day that we don't even think about and I, and I just really wanted to acknowledge that because we are talking about sexism but I don't think we could talk about this without without talking about that as well frustrating when you hear it and you kind of think it's just incomprehensible isn't it and um, yeah it's so it's so hard with these inappropriate comments because they're just they kind of almost speak for themselves like they're just not acceptable and the fact that the fact that the fact that anyone thinks it's okay to say it is just obviously mm-hmm. it's a no like you just it and is, it's just yeah. it's so shocking isn't it in terms of what people do think that they can say and and so many comments around like you know women in their 
like time of the month or hormones and things like that and it's just such an easy go-to one for men because it's something that they don't understand and something they can point to and it's just so frustrating and just what Nina said about how it's always like oh boys will be boys like no absolutely not that is not an excuse that is not a valid reason for anybody to make comments or to say something inappropriate or to do anything like this the legal side of me is just saying like once again all of these comments are harassment and are potentially discrimination so the legal side of me is is just thinking I mean I know this happens because this is what I deal with a lot but the kind of process side of me is just thinking oh my gosh yeah these are the kinds of things that people need to report because also a company we talk about how it's structured in a company a company can't do an awful lot if they don't know it's happening especially Mm. in really big structures if you don't know what's happening down at the bottom or if that's just accepted culture in that particular branch or that particular department unless they're aware of it there is actually a really limited amount they can do yeah and obviously we'll talk a lot about this in in episode two and we'll be talking to a couple of other people about this as well but I think it's it's that fear isn't it of like if I report this what are the repercussions going to be and we've had submissions and from contributors saying I've Mm -hmm. called this out and there's been a repercussion and I've almost and they've almost been punished in bunny quotes again for calling this out and for reporting it and I think this is where this is where the challenge is isn't it like and this is where that systematic culture and business that's because it's always business is a man's world and it always has been and for as long as for as long as time women have had to try and fit into that but actually obviously over the last however long women are now coming forward and being like no this isn't okay but there is still that fear and I think again it goes back to hood feminism talking about obviously there's a, there's a race and class thing to do with this as well because actually some women when we talk about lean in and of the lean in feminism of you've got to lean in and do all of these things to get to the top actually for some women that leaning in is having a job where they can put food on the table so not everybody and like I say we will talk about more more about this but not everybody will feel that comfortable in doing that and it's it's funny because actually women are protected from repercussions or anyone who reports things under the Equality Act are protected. So you do have you do have rights to claim separate for victimisation. So if you make a complaint under the Equality Act and you're then subject to a detriment because of that, yeah. that's an that's another problem. But again, it's about it's not necessarily about the really big obvious um, repercussions like you're then refused a promotion or people make it's about yeah. the really subtle ones. And that's when it gets really difficult to prove, you know, just people treating you differently or, or people not being yeah. particularly kind to you. It, it's really then difficult to... And is it all in your head? It, it's just such a problem, isn't yeah. it? And I think it's the point is, and we've had this quite a lot in at work, where it's like, it's all very well and good saying, oh, well, you've got a legal claim, but you still have to emotionally go through that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and what does that mean, you know? I think as a company, you are responsible for creating an environment where people can speak up about it. Because like we said, there is still that fear factor. And the reality is, especially if you've got such a massive company, it's not going to be perfect all the time. You need to create an environment where employees feel like they can can come to you and, and talk about it and not worry about the repercussions. It's also kind of always staying on the front foot because you would have thought that these issues were kind of the issues of 10 years ago. But if they miss the opportunity to kind of get up to date with what they were meant to do 10 years ago, then they're always going to be on the back foot. And it's actually really hard to culturally change something from the bottom when you kind of miss the opportunities when that Mm -hmm. was relevant 10, 20 years ago. 
Yeah, and this is why that representation, isn't it, so important on boards? Because I heard, I say I heard, it was actually Laurie who was our first ever guest. And I'm sure she quoted something that said, the fish rots from the head. And I think that's so true because to implement change, you do need that influence at the top. So if the people at the top, yeah. for want of a better phrase, don't give a shit about any of this stuff or they don't take it seriously, then it's going to mm-hmm. feel like a losing battle. Because for me, if something gets reported to somebody who doesn't care, then they're not going to do anything about it. Or they're not going to take it seriously or they are going to do that gaslighting thing or be like oh lighten up it's just a joke all that kind of stuff and i think that's why it's super important isn't it to have the right people in the business so the next topic is all around not being taken seriously in your job role so i'll go straight into some of the submissions we had here So first submission is from a 26-year-old barista in Plymouth who said, I was in charge in my last job and a customer would not take it that a woman was in charge and would always ask to go and get the real male boss instead. Um, So we had a submission from a 43-year-old event manager from the Wirral um, who was asked, who do you have to shag to get this job? God. Someone else said that people will often comment on my personality. I'm confident and high-spirited and often cheerful and I'll have a laugh with everybody and people will say she's just using her sexuality to get ahead and it's like no it's just who I am. If somebody isn't as confident or outgoing they don't get it and a lot of time they see it as flirty. And this one was a submission on Instagram from a 31-year-old mother and consultancy exec who has experience of pet names in meetings for example sweetheart or love or all of those ones that make you shiver. Yeah. Uh, sweetheart's just the worst when it comes from like an older man you're just like oh like proper like yeah. walking on grave shippers down spine yeah it's similar to that that point we said earlier about how men refer to each other as like mate in the workplace and then as women it's like mm-hmm. love or sweetheart mm-hmm. and it's like how is that acceptable mm-hmm. the yeah. other thing that that stood yeah. out for me here is this idea of if you're coming across as confident or outgoing it's viewed as like a negative thing compared to how it would be if it was a man who was confident and outgoing they'll be seen as ambitious whereas as a woman it's seen as a negative yeah. um, and that just really infuriates me as well I actually spoke about this with Bolly, um, going back to the interview I did with her, and she said that being brought up in an Asian culture, adults are always right. You do not argue with anyone older than you, and she used to be a really quiet person where she'd let people take advantage of her, and it got to a point where she was like, where's that gotten me so far? Quite literally nowhere. So she decided that's going to change, and in her words, she said, I'm going to become a bitch because if that means it's the route to achieving my goals in life without anyone getting in my way, and to be honest, I don't see this being a bad thing. Why would it be a bad thing if someone is standing up for themselves and getting what they're worth? And I think that's a really good point because actually that's where the likability penalty comes in doesn't it if a woman stands up for herself she is seen as a bitch if a man does it it's seen as an admirable trait and i think there's just that parallel there and then she went on to say that the amount of time she's been called bossy is unreal and she's just like i get what i want and you don't get what you want so who's the one winning i am she said bitch is just a label they give women who know and get what they want and what they deserve it's just so easy as well isn't it for men to just be like oh it's just you know she's just a real bitch and it's like is she or is she just achieving yeah yeah, you're just jealous like you just i think the other one that really annoyed me here and I think it's such a good example and it kind of comes back to what we were saying before about safe about people asking you if you're on work experience is the kind of idea of like go and get the real boss that's the man and uh, someone I was I was reading online about someone who I think it was on Twitter Mm -hmm. the postman came with a letter that said to doctor whatever her surname was and he was like oh this is for your husband she was like no no it's not and he was like yeah it is it's for your husband look it says doctor she was like I'm a doctor (laughs) And you just think it's all about kind of innate like expectations. So the final topic from this podcast episode is that sometimes women are the worst culprits. So to start with, we'll hear a little snippet from Nina, who is a senior director in the tech industry. I 
think the more women climb up that ladder, the more selection of role models we have. Because right now we still don't have enough. So a lot of women had to really fight very, very hard to get to where they are. And unfortunately, they become the biggest criticizers of other young women who want to climb up that ladder, trying to ruin it for them. Instead of saying, you know what, maybe I should be the mentor they should look up to. And you can still be nice and still make it. Uh, but unfortunately, there are not enough of them. Well, in that case where the partner was saying those things, I actually went and spoke to HR. The woman had befriended me, which was a, another mistake I did in my life. And um, when I told her what was happening, I will never forget that moment. She just patted my knee and like slapped on my knee and said, oh, sweetheart, if you like him, why don't you go and spend a weekend with him? I said, I can't believe it. You are HR. You're HR. You should go and slap the guy, not tell me to objectify myself because I want a promotion or something. That was the most awful thing anybody has ever done to me. Like really betraying my trust, befriending me, and then coming back with something like that. They mistake honesty with, uh, with support. You know, they can say, you know, maybe it wasn't this way or that way, but we still support you. But that's exactly what I said to be. When, when women get on top, a lot of times they don't support the other ones. They think, I had to suffer. I had to spend the weekend. So you go ahead. That's the price you pay. So we, we also had a head of department who was male was talking to me about taking a work trip with him for a project. And my female manager said, oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Essentially implying that I'd want to sleep with him. Um, that same interviewee gave us a submission saying that there was another instance where there was a couple of us on a train and I was doing my makeup on the way and as I went to put red lipstick on another woman threw a tissue across the table and told me to take it off because they'll notice your lips before they notice you. And then a third point was that a while ago they had 50% of the toilets in the office converted to gender neutral toilets which was obviously a great initiative and our interviewee thought it was a really inclusive and good idea. A woman in the office made her thoughts and opinions clearly known that she didn't like nor want gender neutral toilets despite the fact that there were still women's toilets around. These submissions really opened up a conversation in our Instagram DMs of all places about, and I'm just going to actually just read you a, a paragraph from somebody who we were having this conversation with. And she said, mm -hmm. I shared one of my examples because I think internalised misogyny and the male point of view is internalised in some women to such an extent that they have sexist views towards themselves and other women without realising it. So it's an interesting topic, isn't it? interesting i think it's i think it's really interesting the idea it's quite mm -hmm. a similar theme isn't it between nina and that submission where we're saying kind of other people being like well i had to do this so you can do mm -hmm. it too and not trying to kind of break break the chain almost and just being it's kind of what we were talking about kind of almost all podcasts about things just being ingrained in the culture but you'd think that the women would be yeah. the ones who are kind of fighting against that exactly and i think that comes across mm -hmm. in those comments of like the implying that another woman would want to sleep with someone just to get ahead in their career or they're like why don't you spend the weekend with him that honestly just makes me feel a little bit sick or like the whole idea of the red lipstick and being it being taken as they'll notice your lips while they notice you it's just like no like we should be empowering these women to make the decisions for themselves i love red lipstick and i think it, it makes me feel powerful when i wear red lipstick so if i see another <laughs> woman with red lipstick on i'm like go girl you look fabulous mm. i think it's so funny because i so much related to all the other comments we heard i was kind of like oh yeah this this feels really familiar or like oh yeah that sounds right but these ones about women making the same comments just really kind of I 
that is just something I have never experienced because thankfully I've always been surrounded by a kind of women who, as you say, do just lift each other up. And so I do, this is the kind of bit that I found really interesting because I've never really thought about this idea of women kind of perpetuating it. And I think some of it kind of comes from trying to protect each other, but certain bits of it just mm-hmm. aren't. And they're coming from kind of a, a little bit of just a really accusatory kind of women not supporting women. And it just really like really riles me. <laughs> Yeah, I've had it before when trying mm-hmm. to open conversations around International Women's Day and all that kind of stuff. And I've had other women say to me, oh, I don't see the point of International Women's Day. I don't see why we need it. And that really gets to me. <laughs> that really riles me off as well. I'm like, how can you not see? And I think yeah. I've had comments from other women that actually the comments from women have actually probably hurt me more than comments from men because you almost expect it from the men. I mean, again, not all men, but you think, oh, okay, he's a man. He's just being a dick. But when it's other women, in that you expect to be on your side and in your corner you're like wait what <laughs> what just happened and I think that sometimes is it kind of hurts more from personal experience so I suppose something else that is is relevant to talk about and I mean we don't want to talk for a long time about violence against women because it would be an entirely separate conversation and it's not really and although it is relevant we don't want to dwell on it too much um in, in this it would be an entirely other podcast series Ex- exactly <laughs> but obviously I think it's it's really interesting we had a lot of submissions about kind of recent stories stories about violence against women and and people being quite passionate about that in the workplace in different contexts when it's been discussed and we've had a lot of kind of people being suggested that they need to calm down lots of comments about they needed Mm -hmm. to kind of apologize for their conduct in certain meetings or they need to be less passionate about certain topics and this kind of debate around not all men and, and all this kind of stuff and I think you know it really is relevant when we're talking about the kind of perpetuation of things in culture if you can't have a, a really decent and an even conversation where people can yeah. as women from their own experiences share why they're concerned yeah. about violence against women it's a really good kind of almost a line in the sand which shows where how much yeah. further we've still got to go yeah exactly and I think it's just about that isn't it because you know what everyone's entitled to their own opinion I'm entitled to my opinion you're entitled to yours that's fine but I think it's the idea of listening to somebody Mm -hmm. and actually if somebody is passionate about something it's about saying okay I hear you not trying to like you say Alicia belittle their experience or ask them to apologize for for being passionate about something that to me is so again this is my opinion but to me it's so fundamental to my values that yeah I'm gonna get passionate about it if it if it comes up at work and I would never apologize Mm -hmm. for that because to me it's super important and also they're entirely not the same thing but if you think about like the hysteria that surrounds like the world cup and how passionate men get around yeah. like football yeah. when that's happening yeah. and how it's really acceptable to be like you know have sweepstakes and debates and like even yeah. take time out to watch games and things like that like there's such a and that's a big cultural thing that is happening at the time and I mean they're not the same but you never would get at the time emails going around telling men to not be so excited about the world cup if I can sit there and listen to you try and explain the offside rule to me 47 <laughs> times, you can sit there and listen to me while I try and educate you. <laughs> on, on why women are not safe sometimes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's so true. So today's episode has covered a lot and has definitely sparked conversation. And we just want to thank all of those who have been so open about their experiences and for speaking up and sharing your stories with us. It's clear that a lot of us have shared these experiences. And although it gives us a little bit of reassurance in some ways that we're not on our own, it highlights that there is still a lot of work to be done. I think for me, some of the key takeaways are generally just having a bit more self-awareness and for us all to really understand the line between joking, banter and those inappropriate comments. And I think as well, we're appreciate that feeling comfortable and confident speaking up isn't going to be possible because all of our situations are unique and different but hopefully this episode has given you all some insights and knowledge of what can be done.
Yeah, and I think the big takeaway is, you know, a lot of the comments that we've talked about and a lot of banter can be classed as harassment. And so you shouldn't ever feel like you're bothering anyone or, or doing anything out of line by raising that properly to HR. Obviously, I appreciate it's easier said than done. And sometimes, you know, you don't feel comfortable doing that. And, and that's probably something more structural that we all need to work towards in the future. But if you do feel able, you should always try and raise it um, just to try and stop it kind of perpetuating or in some cases getting worse. So that would always be kind of the first thing that I would suggest you do if you are subject to any kind of comments that mm-hmm. do violate your dignity um, you don't always have to call it out at the time I think that's sometimes where people really struggle is actually having the confidence to say at the time that's inappropriate if you prefer just just kind of note it down or email someone more senior and, and escalate it that way rather than kind of dealing with it at the time it happens um, also I think sometimes on reflection people can kind of smile and nod and just listen to something and then later be like oh my gosh did someone actually say that so it's not damaging any kind of claim that you would have if you don't raise it until until later so the best course of action if you feel able is always going to be to raise it to the company raise it to your manager make sure you've got a support system in place who can who can kind of support you in that ideally other witnesses or people who will confirm that that was said but the company it is their role to protect you from this kind of behavior and so it's always worth bearing in mind that you are not the party in the wrong in these situations and no one should ever make you feel like that's the case you've been listening to sexism in the city from girls in work thank you so much for joining us and if you enjoyed this episode please hit the subscribe button now and if you can leave us a review we'd really appreciate it and it will help us raise awareness and share this message even further join us next week for another episode of sexism in the city from girls in work with special thanks to alicia collinson from thrive law this is girls in work Find us at girlsinwork.com.